Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey guys, brand new podcast, and we are wrapping up the Hey, my series, The Cabin, is currently streaming right now on Netflix. You can go to Netflix and check out The Cabin. It's got all my friends in it. Tom Segura, Joey Diaz, Donnell Rollins, Bobby Lee, Fortune Feimster, Gabriel Iglesias, Dion Cole, Anthony Anderson. Um, uh, who else? Who else? My dad, Caitlyn Jenner, Nikki Glazer, uh, Kaylee Cuoco, jo- Joel McHale, Miss Pat. Big Jay Okerson. It's awesome. It really is awesome. I'm very, very proud of it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And let me tell you something. You know this. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting, I'm trying to kick this cough. I'm performing shirtless on the hot summer night store in the 50 degree weather, weather every night. If you enjoy it, do me a favor, spread it word of mouth. Throw it in your Instagram stories. I'll repost it. Put it on Twitter. I'll repost it. I always love the support you guys give me. Thank you very much. Also, also up until this Thursday, um, the Two Bears live event, which was Halston. Can you speak on that? Did you enjoy it? It was, it was crazier than I thought it was going to be. Like if you if you guys have ever watched Open Tabs, you have to watch this Two Bears live event. You have to tell them what I mean. We get Tom surprised me, and and I mean I don't want to ruin it for you, but you'll. It's like you should have heard it by now. Tom surprised me, and he got Owen Gray, my favorite porn star, to call in and be on 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 zoom and i will tell you you know me the first thing i was like i I think one of the things i said was i I would love to drug you and read you (laughs) we talk about his porn i mean it's it's an amazing it's is it worth it's a ten dollar rental and you can rent it up until thursday and after that it's gone um but would you say it's worth the ten dollars halston Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. I just wanted to see, first of all, I wanted to see the tennis match and then I wanted to see the dominatrix stuff. Oh, I wanted to see Tom's body without a shirt. <laughs> it was great. We did, we went to a dominatrix and we uh, hooked electrodes up to our dick and had her shock us at the time, same time through our dicks. And it was, it did not let down. I'm telling you, me and Tom stood face to face with electrodes on our dicks, staring at each other, screaming pineapple, pineapple. It's great. You can go to ymhvirtual.com. That's ymhvirtual.com if you want to watch it. It's a $10 download, but it's so worth I really believe it is so worth it. We're going to do more of these, but we're going to space them out. We don't want to blow our loads, so to speak. And by the way, she said to me at one point, the dominatrix was like, um, oh, I can make you come in your pants in like two minutes. And Tom and I froze, looked at each other, and we're like, I mean, who says no to that, right? But we both did because we're married men, and we were very respectful kind of of our wives. Anyway, ymhvirtual.com to get the live. Two Bears, One Cave. 
Um, check out The Cabin streaming right now on Netflix. I have four dates left. St. Louis, Toledo, Cleveland, and Chicago. Those are my dates left for the Hot Summer Nights Tour. I'm so sorry. I've also added uh, me and Tom are doing the Rose Bowl on the 28th of October. On the 6th, I'm in San Francisco of November. On the 7th, I'm in, I think technically it's Sacramento, but it's like something, it's called something else. Hold on. Let me, I'll tell you what it is. I'm in Burlingame, California on the 7th. On the 20th, I'm in Reno. We have now added shows on the 21st. The Reno shows have sold out. So we've added shows on the 21st in Reno. And on the 28th, I'm in Escondido, California. And that's it. That's it for my touring. Once I do Escondido, I'm wrapped. I will not be touring because I perform fucking shirtless like a moron and I'm freezing my dick off and I don't know how I'm going to do the rest of these tours. But um, but that's the deal. So go to uh, go to burtburtburt.com, whatever. I don't know. We got a few reads today. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Benabone. Let me tell you something. We just got Benabone in the mail as a sponsor and we opened it in on the, in the man cave on my Instagram stories and not realizing that I was putting them to the test, that I was literally taking their product and going, what do my dogs think about it? I would never have done this. I wasn't even thinking. And my dogs loved Benabone, loved Benabone. And it's crazy because uh, they're not crazy for just any chew toy. They love, Izzy loves balls, but man, they went nuts over Benabone. Keeping a dog chewing and busy and happy is good for their teeth and their brains. And restless dogs tend to chew on all the wrong things. I know that I've got some sneakers I'm worried about. But with these Benabones in the house, I swear to God, and I, I wanted to call them and go, how did you do this? I mean, they went nuts from the second we opened the packaging, and, and they have not stopped. They are going through these Benabones like crazy. They're in long-lasting, chew-flavored toys that with real food that dogs absolutely love. Instead of pumpkin spice this fall, give your dog the flavor they genuinely crave, like porky goodness of real bacon plus chicken or peanuts. Like I said, they're long-lasting chew toys that come in unique designs that make them good chomping all day long. Benabone is a small family business that takes pride in doing right by people and dogs. Unlike other corporations in the industry, everything is designed and sourced and made in the U.S. And with their happiness guarantee, you can reach out for help and connect with a real person quick. Uh, like I said, my two dogs, Priscilla. Uh, oh, I just said Priscilla. Oh, my God. Ah, fuck. Priscilla would have loved Benabone. Oh, Izzy and Mac love Benabone. It is there in our house. That's all they chew on. And I'm, I'm telling you, you saw this on my Instagram stories. I tagged them in it and I'll give that footage to Benabone. They can put it on their Instagram. You can find them out. Check out Benabone at Chewy.com. That's C-H-E-W-Y.com. And use the promo code BERT for 30% off your first order. I'm telling you, your dogs will love it as much as mine. This is no joke. No bullshit. You can see it on my Instagram. My dogs went nuts for it. That's Benabone, B-E-N-E-B-O-N-E at Chewy.com with the promo code BERT for 30% off your first order. Thank you to all our sponsors. We have some more mid-roll reads. I appreciate it, guys. It keeps the lights on over here. Thank you for being so patient and sitting through my reads and supporting these fantastic companies who support this podcast. They support this podcast. Um, today's podcast is I'm really excited for, and I, I think you're going to love, um, 
I know I've, I've harped on this. I've harped on this so much on this podcast. And then I know you're probably sick of it, but it's something that I think is so important because, you know, I was thinking about this. I, I, I only put the good people on my podcast. I don't put a lot of shit dicks on my podcast, little fucking assholes. Like they don't make it on my podcast because not, but I don't want to sit and talk to them. That's ultimately it. And by the way, you get a lot of that in our business. You get a lot of bad people that are kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing because they come off as nice people on stage and then they do shitty stuff in the, in the, in the shadows. And I, you don't get a lot of that because I only, I was very lucky and I, and I'll talk about this a little bit on the podcast, but I was very lucky and, and I didn't think it was luck at the time, but to have a somewhat of a career and then have it kind of taken away from me or I have it have to reassess it and then start from scratch because you got to find out who the good people were like meeting the people that made eye contact with you and treated you like a human in our business. And then the people that thought you were a loser that they were like, Oh, he's 40 and he's not, got a TV show anymore or whatever. I mean, I don't know how old I was when it happened, but like, and he doesn't have a special or whatever, like, Oh, he's, he's never going to make it. I'm not going to waste my time on him. I, ho- I hope that this is connected with you in your life in that you have people like that in your life where they, they, they relish in your failures and because it makes them feel like they succeed. I hope you have those people. So you identify that when there are people that, want you to succeed or treat you like just like a human, you can celebrate them because that is who we have on the podcast today. Eric Andre, and I tell, I'm going to tell him this uh, in the podcast, is, uh, is a great guy. He's a great guy. We hung out. And now, now granted, I, I, don't, I didn't grow up with him. I didn't, I didn't live with him in, in an apartment. I, I know him from just a simple few rea- interactions. And he treated me at a time in my life when I was pretty low and pretty lost. He treated me like an equal and like a human, and he didn't need to. He had a hit TV show. He was the literally, literally the darling of, of the entertainment industry, and he was a grounded, awesome, awesome individual who made me feel good about myself and, and I had an honest conversation. He does not remember that entirely, but we'll, I'll remind him of it, and you'll hear him remember that moment. And by the way, he didn't do anything special, and that's what I want to point out to everyone. He didn't do anything special. He just was kind and nice. And that's it. That's all you got to do sometimes. And those stories may not, New York Post isn't going to write a story about Eric Andre uh, taking some time to hang out with a 42-year-old comic who was lost and made him feel good about himself when Eric was like 31 at the time. And But those are the stories that should be written. And I hope that I celebrate Eric in this podcast enough because he's amazingly talented. He's, he's uniquely driven. And he's got a vision that not every comic has for comedy. And it's beautiful. You need more of that. More different is more good. More good. Jesus is better. He's got a special called legalize everything. uh, That's streaming right now on Netflix. He's got a movie coming to Netflix with Tiffany Haddish and Lil Rel. I think Um, he'll talk about that. And most importantly, he has one of the most, one of the most groundbreaking shows on television with the Eric Andre show, a a show that is literally always redefining itself and trying new things and being different for Christ's sake. I think on Stephen Stephen five, he shaved his entire fucking body. So he's an out there dude, but more importantly, he's a great dude. He's a grounded dude and he is a fun guy to talk to. He just texted me two seconds ago, Halston and was like, he goes, Eric, a let's drink. 
We talk about his new hotel, his new bar he's putting in his house. He gives us a little tour of his house. We talk about music. We talk about his parents. We talk about my parents. And we talk about that one time we met up in Montreal where he made me feel human. It's crazy, man. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, stand-up comedian, actor, probably author, musician, and all-around great dude, Eric Andre. Hey. Hey, what's up, Bert? How you doing, Eric? Good, man. You sick? What's going on? You got yeah, COVID? I'm in the, uh, I feel like it. Now I'm on tour and I'm doing these shows shirtless outdoors. And I'm like, it's killing me. I'm getting sick every fucking night. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself, man. <laughs> I can't believe you. Why are you touring now? You got kids? Just relax. You're fucking filthy rich, dude. No, I, I, I you can't. You fucking tour relentlessly. Yeah, I, days, I love it. How many days a night, a, a night, do you do, a year do you do? How many dates? Uh, a year? I mean, if we're if out of COVID, I'll, almost every. I mean, I, I'll go for like three months straight. What's the average? What's the average like non-COVID time? Non-COVID touring, probably. Oh shit. Um, I'll probably tour first three months, middle three months. I'll probably tour nine months straight. You're insane. Just take a break, man. Be with. Uh, I love it. Don't you I like love live it. in Alaska or some shit. No, I, you know what? I can't take, I'm like, I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I never realized I was until now, but I, and I, and like, I, even when COVID started, I started getting really antsy, like going, my specials came out. I mean, you got to feel it. Your special came out like right at the beginning of COVID, right? Yeah. And you, didn't you feel a little bit like, this is how I felt. I was like, and by the way, congrats on the special. It was amazing. I watched Thank it. You. I absolutely loved it, but I'm a big, I'm a big Eric Andre fan. Thanks, man. Many respects, and I'm going to share all of them in a little bit. But thanks, man. Didn't you feel? Didn't you feel a little helpless? Like there was no way to judge if your special for your personally if your special did well because you weren't around other people, you weren't in clubs, you weren't touring, you weren't going out, you weren't bumping into anybody. So I just felt helpless, and I was like, I got to do something. Yeah, I felt like a general helplessness. Um, just about like everything though, yeah. it was like not one thing, you know, like we worked on, I, I made like a hidden camera movie with Tiffany Haddish and Lil Ra Howry. And it took me like six years from the beginning of the idea to the complete, to delivering the final cut. And we had this killer time slot, South by Southwest premiere, theatrical release mid April with no competition on our weekend. Uh, and then that all went away. So I'm still uh, uh, the the silver lining is Netflix bought it, so it's going to be out next year. But I worked on that thing so hard and so long, and for the coronavirus to happen like one week before South by Southwest was devastating. You know, yeah. so I I was kind of like still recovering from that, and I never put out a special before, so I didn't know what it was supposed to be like or not. So it wasn't that. I wasn't depressed specifically from that. I was just kind of like a general depression on how this year is going for, for everybody. You know what I mean? We're all in it. It's a mass. Yeah. But you can't get sick, man. Put the shirt on. Just, you know, it's different rules, man. We're in different. You don't have to do the fucking normal shtick. 
Put a jacket on. Listen, that's our brotherhood nudity. I'm the same as you. I love getting fucking naked. I remember the first time I saw your cock and I was like, I think it was in Moshe and, and Natasha's hot tub. Oh, that's Gen 1 cock show. And all I was saying was, God damn it, I'm so jealous he put his dick on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, it's never too late, man. Oh, my dick got taken down immediately. Oh, I had, put it on. Oh, of course. I thought the I thought the rules were we could put dicks on when I saw yours. And I put mine on and it got pulled immediately and I got shadow banned. I was like, is it because mine's so small and his is perfect? <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure you gotta find fucking uh No, I have a horrible banana. one. So can, can I tell you can I don't tell you, you live in the woods? Where do you live? No, no, no. I live in LA. I live in LA. Oh, don't you have a, like a log cabin or something? Oh yeah, yeah. I have a TV show called The Cabin on Netflix streaming right now. Thank you. Don't live out of there. You don't live. No, out I don't of live there. We just have it. Yeah. Where's the cabin? Cabin's in Malibu. It was the cabin we shot at in Malibu. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking you're in like fucking British Columbia. Like you're in the no. woods. We cheated it for British Columbia. It was Malibu. It was. Oh. That's how we got. That's how we could get everyone to go to it because it was literally 25 minutes away from where everyone lived. Right. Right. Shit. I really. I think you seem like a mountain man. No, I'm I'm the very opposite. I'm soft, bro. I'm soft, like, self-absorbed. What, like, what, what if you came across a, a cougar or a mountain lion like on a hike? What would you do? Uh, it it depends. That's really interesting you say that. Me by myself, panic, run, do the wrong thing. Me with my kids, oh, bro, that's a it's an interesting vibe. The second I had kids, I no longer was afraid of the ocean if they were in it. I was no longer afraid of the outdoors if they were with me. Like there's a weird confidence and calm that comes over you when you have a kid. And like, we went, we went snorkeling in Bali and we were, they just dropped us off on a reef and let us float the reef. And which I would have been terrified to do right? But because I was with my kids. I was in like protective mode and I was mm. oddly calm. And I really, yeah, it was, it's bizarre. I, you know, hormones you, you, are like released when you have a kid. Maybe, maybe, but I am a coward. I'm a, I'm a legit coward. Yeah, me too. Any no. animal. I don't like dogs. I like besides dog. I don't like a single other animal. When people are like, really? oh, this animal might go extinct. I'm like, good riddance. Get rid of all of them. I'm, I'm afraid of fish. Like, I, I, like uh, every animal. It's like fucking terrifying. Bees. I live in Echo Park. I live in like a hill. I got like possums, raccoons, skunks. They're night. It's a nightmare out there. I don't even go outside at night. Now, how long have you lived in Echo Park? I've been being here for four years. Really? Yeah, I bought a house. You were a Brooklyn guy for a long time, right? I was in Brooklyn, yeah, and then I moved to L.A. I moved to Echo Park in 2009, 2010. Then I moved to Hollywood, and I lived in like a shithole shoebox apartment. And then I uh, got a job, and I bought a house in Echo Park. Moved back to so when you were doing when you were doing the Eric Andre show the whole time you were out in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah, That's we so started. Funny. Well, we started like I made a pilot presentation on my own that was very, 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 very low budget, and that was when I was like leaving Brooklyn to come to LA in two thousand nine. So the the beginning of it and like the writing of it and the and all the street pranks we film in New York. So like it's very much like a New York show, but the studio stuff we shoot in LA, and then the street stuff we shoot in New York. You seem like a person that's impervious to criticism, meaning you, I'm you're very sensitive. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's opposite. I, I, there's, there's some like it's weird. If a comedian I like criticizes me, 
or like a friend criticizes me, I fall to pieces. But if it's like some like, I don't know, tvguide.com or something, I kind of think it's funny. So, so, it, de- so it, dep- it depends. Yeah, you, because I mean, the Eric, when you do something like the Eric Andre show, it is so independently your own stride. Yeah, that it feels like and I've never been that guy. I've always felt like I've been trying to get in on on like get in on something good. But when you do that and you are so uniquely you, it seems like anyone's criticism and you just you you can you can bravely say like you just don't get it. And and I feel like sometimes I go, oh no, they got me. They just don't like me, you know. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah, I I set out to like make the show I wanted to make. And I knew that it wouldn't be for everybody, but like, I'm uh, like, I gotta be me, you know, as Sammy Davis jr. Once said, I got yeah. me. So what was, I'm, I'm curious, what were your influences when you were younger that kind of spoke to you making the Eric Andre show? Because I, I have to say this and I know everyone listening is say, is saying this. It really is a great piece of television that you make. And, and, Thanks, it, and, and it's, and I, like I said, it's one of those shows that, had I found it in college, it would have defined my sense of humor. You know what I mean? Wow. That's high high praise. Thanks, bro. Uh, My influences are a lot of cartoons. I loved Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead, Space Ghost. And I loved a lot of mock talk shows. I loved Tom Green show. I love Ali G show, Jiminy Glick. Uh, I love Jackass. I love Chappelle show. Those, those were kind of like what the Simpsons. Yeah. That's kind of what I grew up on. That's crazy. Yeah. And Chris Farley. Chris Farley's a big influence and a lot of wrestlers. I grew up on a lot of WWF, Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog, Macho Man. It's a lot of they were like, why do you scream so much? It's like I listen to like death metal, punk. I watch wrestling and I love Chris Farley. And they're just like screaming, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper. Like that's that those are my influences. It's interesting. I know you're you're from Florida, right? Uh yeah. And it's interesting because that we I'm from Florida also and we get such a rap for being a certain type of person. Wait, where in Florida are you from? Oh wait, I want I'm Tampa. You're West Palm, right? Yeah, yeah. I love my, uh, Boca Raton. Yeah, Boca oh, Raton. Nice. West Palm. Yeah. West Palm. West <laughs> Palm. That's what kids would do. West Palm. Wait, can I can I tell you a secret of why yeah. why I love you? Why? So um do you remember when we when we first met? I remember it like it was yesterday. No, here, let me no, tell I you. I don't remember. <laughs> I'll tell you why. You know, it's, it's funny. You don't like, uh, it's the reason that, that assholes, when, when people go, God, it's so crazy. I didn't know Mel Gibson was an asshole or whatever, you know, but yeah. you see that behavior all the time. He doesn't hide it ever. He's always an asshole. And then sweet people often don't get credit for being really sweet people. And, and, but they are always sweet people. They are, oh, you can't take that away from them. So, Montreal, probably fuck, like six years, five years ago, I'm guessing. Do you know when you were there? I was there in 2010 and 2012. So, I'm going to guess 2012. I'm going to guess 2012. Um, I go there. I have no reason to be there. I'm doing one show. I'm not doing any show that's important. It's my manager's got me on a show just to be there. I'm still way too old to be at Montreal without a purpose. I feel like <laughs> I literally was lost. I, I want to say my Segura had all this stuff going for him and it was like really exciting for him. And I was just on the sidelines, really just drinking at the bar, not doing anything, wondering what was going to happen with my career. And 
me and Ari Shafir were on the bus going to the airport, the van, and you jumped on and, and you were, you were just in a, you were in a very contemplative mood, but you were very like talkative and friendly. And then we all went through, um, we all went through security and we went and you ended up getting breakfast and I ended up getting drinks and we all sat at a table. Oh yeah. And, and we sat and we talked a lot. We talked about your parents. We talked about, uh, about your beliefs on, on being single and, and was it relationships. You, that were, you had to drink like 20 drinks before you got on an airplane. That was me. Yeah. You drank so fucking much, so quickly, so calmly yeah. that I was like, this is a professional alcoholic. Yep. 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 That's, me. <laughs> that's it. You got it. And, uh, and yeah, I remember and, that. I remember that. It's all coming back to me now. Is that and what so we, we yeah, we, we spent like an hour at that restaurant drink. I was drinking, you were eating. Oh, we hadn't met until then. We had not met until then. And you were, you were very, you were, you weren't, what you weren't was the guy looking over someone's shoulder. You were the guy that looked someone in the eye and talked to them and had a heartfelt conversation, was genuinely interested and listened. And out of a whole week of shit, I had a great conversation with this dude. And I, and I get up and I was like, Hey man, it was really nice meeting you. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Nice meeting you. I was like, said something about a podcast. You're like, yeah, maybe if I'm ever in LA, I think you were in Brooklyn at the time. Uh And so Ari and I walk away and he goes, man, it's so good that success hasn't fucked that guy up. And I went, wait, why is he, is he like really big? And he was like, he's like one of the hottest comics right now. He's got a hit show. He's really is. Uh, he, he, Ari was like, Ari said, you know, like usually guys like that at that age and that stage in their life don't want to talk to guys like us. And I went, really? Uh, and he was like, dude, he goes, Eric Andre is a fucking good guy. And I literally got on the plane and I was like, all right, I'm going to check this guy out. And I ended up watching all your shit oh, and no loving way. you because of that, because I thought there's times like that where you'll never know the experience, but to be an older comic, who's a little lost in his ways and not knowing where he's going, but seeing other people succeed and, and not being jealous, but being like, like going like, cause you're never going to get that time back. You can't go back in time and become a young hot comic, right. but to, to experience, have the experience where they're not an asshole and they treat you with respect was like, meant so fucking much to me you'll never oh, know that's a fucking no that's heartwarming man that's really touching i didn't yeah, know yeah i was just i was like so um in all i have such bad anxiety on airplanes and with turbulence oh, that yeah. i just like was loving watching you drink and i was like he's got the right idea i'm too uptight i need to drink more why am i like drinking four coffees and getting on an airplane and i'm miserable why don't i loosen up drink my fucking brains out and get on the airplane now i'm like a big xanax guy on an airplane but uh oh, well that's God. really touching man thank you i appreciate that story yeah, i remember having a good time with you guys and, yeah uh, we just sat and giggled and we cool. talked about what well, have your have your feelings about relationships changed i would say uh, maybe maybe not maybe they've gotten more nuanced but uh i would say this about being a dick and not being a dick when i started doing comedy in boston was my first year Every comedian, not every comedian, there were some, there were some definitely cool ones, but there were so many assholes. And I was coming from music school and musicians are really nice. Musicians are gregarious because you need camaraderie to start a band. You need to have, you can't, there's very little, like, you can't be a solo artist when you're starting out. You at least, at least even if you're like a solo artist, you need a backup band. So musicians are very nice, just, okay. just genuinely nice. Comedians are very mean and it really fucked me up. They're like very mean and depressive and dark and fucked up. And it was like, 
I was like, oh, these people that I grew up admiring or thinking like, oh my God, a career in comedy, that's going to be so fun. You were so nasty, nasty to me my first year that I, I was like, I never want to be like that. And it wasn't like, and I'm not fucking per nobody, nobody's perfect. Everybody has bad days. I'm not saying I'm a fucking saint. I'm not Mother Teresa, but I'm saying like, I just remember meeting all those curmudgeon, bitter Boston comedian, older Boston comedians that were so they were like bummers. And then I moved to New York and I met some bitter motherfuckers. I met some awesome motherfuckers, but I also met some, there was also some psychos and some bitter motherfuckers that I was like, that's so shitty. Why be like that? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, grow up. It's almost, it's almost like an immature, like to be like brooding and nasty. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're all trying our fucking best. We're all trying to make people laugh. Like, I don't know. There was just such rotten motherfuckers. I met like the be very beginning of my comedy career that I was like, I never want to be these motherfuckers. These are miserable motherfuckers. Well, it's uh, interesting. You'll, yeah, you'll, never so. get the, you'll never get the experience, thankfully, to be... I, you know, I, I got, I got, I got the opportunity to be both sides of the fence. What do you mean? I got to. Do you still, I, I gotta. Do you still drink like that every time you're on an airplane? I don't fly anymore. I got a tour bus. <laughs> oh shit! So you just uh, planes are out. I've, I've, I lately, I haven't, I haven't flown. I've flown once in uh, since COVID, but I, I, yeah, I still drink a lot on planes. I still drink a lot on planes. But yeah, well, I'm saying if you have a one-off gig in Juneau, Alaska, you're gonna get on a plane. You ain't getting on a tour bus. Uh, or I, Hawaii. I, I, yeah, yeah. If I go to Hawaii, I will drink. I will drink. I will drink. I've gotten a lot better with my drinking. I think sober October was after that. I was that was a phase when I was like in a clip of drinking because I was lost. I was depressed. Oh, I had just gotten off Travel Channel, or I was about to get fired from Travel Channel. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I hadn't done a special yet. What's and your then, drink of choice? Uh, Tito's and soda. <laughs> so you're Although I just listened to you on Whiskey Ginger, like I, maybe a month ago, but I listened to you on Whiskey Ginger, and you made me feel like I'm really dropping the ball. You're like, oh, I I ground up an ancho chili, put some agave in it, a little <laughs> rum, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I need to really step up my game. <laughs> I'm making, I'm I'm building. It's it's not built yet, but I'm building a bar. That behind me is a bar in my house. I'm building a. Let me get a wider shot. Hold on. Hold on. You can't, it doesn't look like anything. They're in the middle of building it, but that's the fridge. That's the freezer. I got a marble guy coming in right now. He's going to put a marble oh, top. Wow, that's on. great. I ordered like a gold vein mirror, like a Frank Sinatra kind of old school mirror. I'm getting some brackets up here. Here's the sink. So I'm getting like a whole homemade bar in my uh, house. Oh, we just, that, we, that was my quarantine activity. Uh, learning how to make cocktails. We just bought a new house and in it is a old 1930s like oak bar that was in the living room and it, oh, was, that's it awesome. was put into the living next to the fireplace and we pulled it out and we're saving it and we're putting it back in and i was saying to myself just keep my liver healthy long enough so that i can use that bar <laughs> i'd like to thank our sponsor whoop we know a lot about a lot and 2020 has been a rough year we know that we're all trying to live healthier lifestyles but we don't know a lot about ourselves and how behaviors impact us. I know that I am ignorant. I was ignorant before I started using the whoop. Now I know myself on a deeper level with whoop, a fitness tracker that provides personalized insights into your body's recovery, strain, and sleep with actionable feedback in real time. Know when your body is recovered or when it needs rest. The first thing I do in the morning when I wake up is I pull up my whoop app and I check to see how well I slept. 
Find out how much stress your body can take for working out and how strenuous your day is. I know for a fact that when I get on the treadmill, I hit the strain coach and it tells me when I've done enough work and tells me how much my body can handle from how much I was rested the night before. Find out how much sleep you need to get and how well you slept. The insights we provide are literally next level. They can tell you how certain things like taking CBD, drinking caffeine, drinking alcohol affect your, your sleep and recovery in a way that is just next level and it allows you to optimize your behaviors for anyone looking to build a healthier smarter habit whoop is a no-brainer for my listeners whoop is offering 15 percent off with the code bert at checkout go to whoop.com that's w-h-o-o-p.com and enter bert at checkout to save 15 percent off get to know yourself on a deeper level unlock yourself with whoop this episode of the Burtcast is brought to you by Buffalo Trace, a damn good whiskey. Let me tell you something. I drank a, I drank a ton of Buffalo Trace with Tom Segura when we did the live podcast. When we shot our segment at Mistress uh, Melodies, we drank a bunch of, of Buffalo Trace and loved it. Buffalo Trace is absolutely amazing. The distillery was named 2020's Distillery of the Year. The San Francisco World Spirits Competition has some of the best whiskey tasters in America judging Hundreds of whiskeys and Buffalo Trace won the most. It's had two, it was two decade, decades ago that Buffalo Trace won the same title by Whiskey Advocates magazine. Since then, they've won more awards than any other distillery in the world. Google Buffalo Trace, see it for yourself. They've been distilling whiskey since 1773. 1773, ever since early American pioneers followed the buffalo herds to the Kentucky River. They even operated during Prohibition, were permitted to make Whiskey for medicinal purposes, which, by the way, is what they're doing now with uh, hand sanitizer, creating hand sanitizer. I, I, I literally love this company. They are the oldest continuously operating distillery in America. Buffalo Chase's Distilleries has experienced more than its fair share of adversities, floods, fires, recessions, wars, prohibition, and they have endured them all. Like I said, they're making hand sanitizer now. The pandemic is not slowing them down. God dang, their, their Buffalo Trace model is stand strong. Think of the damn Buffalo. The Buffalo is the epitome of strength. No wonder they win all the awards, and I respect that. I might sip on some Buffalo Trace tonight, and that's not BS. God damn, I love Buffalo Trace. The only bourbon with balls, literally, it's on the label. You can see the balls on the Buffalo. Buffalo Trace is made from corn, rye, barley, and matures twice as long as most other bourbons. This Buffalo Trace bourbon ages in new oak barrels for around eight years for robust yet balanced taste. The stuff is complex yet smooth, and I absolutely love it. Tom and I enjoyed some with Mr. Isabella, and, and I'm telling you, it made my day. Distilled, aged, and bottled by Buffalo Trace with Distillery, 90 proof. Franklin County, Kentucky, Buffalo Trace, American, family-owned, and independent. But like I was saying, you'll never know the experience of being, I mean, I was, I had, I was, when I was young, I had a deal at like my six months into comedy, I got my first, a development deal. And so there was a bunch of like jealousy and cattiness. So that, that toxicity I experienced young with young success and then moved to LA and, and I, people hated me for no reason at all that you didn't know why. And then it went away and I became like a jobber where I just literally worked for travel channel and then was kind of lost. And then I got, I had the opportunity to be, I call it survivor's remorse, where you 
are with your friends that you started with and no one's really making tons of money and you're watching people take off and you're kind of just hanging out doing spots and you're wondering, will it ever happen for me? And you're thinking, probably not. Am I cool with this? Like, am I cool just living, doing comedy and paying rent and mortgage? And, and I was, it's, it's, it's crazy. I was very cool with it. I was more cool with it than I think other people were cool with me being cool with it. I mean, like club managers being like, so what are you just going to do this until you're 50? And I was like, by the way, I'm going to do a pass on 50. Like I'm going to do this until I die. Yeah. And then, and then I got a second splash of success that, that was real. And then this is where the survivor's remorse comes in is you get to find out. And this is why I will always champion anything you do. And I, and I sincerely am a fan of yours is you get to find out, who really is cool right before yeah. that second splash of success, you find out who's a genuine, real great person. And I got my list. I got my short list and yeah, I, yeah. their motherfuckers. I'll always support Moshe Kasher is yeah. a fucking ride or die. Motherfucker he is, a, <laughs> he is solid. No matter if you're famous or failure, he is your friend. Yeah. He yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. And so, and so I think it's, I mean, I guess I'm lucky, you know, that way, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, you're right, man. The toxicity. So when what music? Tell me about your music. I'd love. I'm curious about you going to music school. I played music since I was a little kid. Since I was five, I played piano and drums and tuba and cello and all this stuff. So I played upright bass in high school. I went to a magnets arts high school program, public school, and uh, then I got accepted into Berklee College of Music in Boston. So I played. I learned jazz bass for four years. I was pl- playing the Seinfeld bass line. For four yeah. fucking years. And then as I was finishing college, I was like, this is a huge mistake. What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> the fuck was I thinking? And then I uh, switched to uh, comedy. And you switched? Then I, switched to com- then I switched to comedy and I'm like, what the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> this is a bigger mistake. <laughs> Do you play music at all now? A little bit. I'll find- I have a program called Ableton. I'll fuck around on or I'll go downstairs. I have a music room in my house, so I go downstairs and I play my. Here, I'll show you. I never give a tour, but I go downstairs. I don't know if you can I see. I love it. your house. Thanks, man. Oh, uh, look at this. Oh, legit. Yeah. So this was. I just bought this probably like a year ago. I have my my old bass. I sold to make money, but this is the music room. It's kind of a mess because I'm working on the bar upstairs. I got all my. This is all my alcohol. <laughs> Oh so, my God, Eric! That's gonna move you, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna move upstairs. Oh my but, God! Uh, yeah. That's—I don't even think my my booze collection could could rival oh, that. I'm going fucking, I'm going ape shit in quarantine, dude. I got every fuck like Eye of Newt. You know what I mean? Witches oh. brew. But uh, yeah, do you live by yourself? I live by myself. I'm dating a young lady, but um, we haven't. Uh, she hasn't moved in yet. But live by myself. Should I have kids? Should you have kids? Yes. Oh, how old are you? Thirty-seven. Oh, I would always say yes. The experience of having kids is so uh, unifying with society. Like you, you really form empathy that you can't form when you're single. And I, and I'll tell you why. My friend Ari Shafir, who you know, is a broken motherfucker, right? And it's because he's never, he's a bachelor. He's never had to compromise with anyone. So right. when Ari drugged me, Ari, I don't know if you know this, but Ari drugged me at my house in front of my kids like a year ago. What? He slipped me Molly in a drink. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like 46 at the time. I'm like, Ari, I don't, like, did you check with my cardiologist before you did this? And he was like, I did not. 
And I was like, does this counteract with any of my medications? He's like, hey, maybe this is a misstep. But in Ari's brain. What's your medication? Are you on SSRIs? You're on antidepressants? No, no, no. I'm on uh, blood pressure medication. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And so, but what's interesting is he, Ari, and I love Ari. I, I will always love Ari. And my wife hates his guts. He can never find compromise. He's like, where he was, I was like really upset. And he was like, it, it was, it was cool. It was funny. It was a joke. It was right. a joke. And you're like, so if, I think sometimes if you stay a bachelor too long, you have a hard time uh, compromising. You, you, what you find is like, what I know how to do is make myself happy. And that was about to happen to me. Then you have kids and you find an empathy for the average person where you connect on this weird thing of, of having a kid. You go through this societal thing where everyone had it happen to them too. Black, white, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Lithuanian, you name it. I remember the first time I ever realized it. I was at the LA Zoo with George, my oldest, and she was a baby, and we were looking at the um, at the walrus. And there was a, a Mexican dude with a with a, a son George's age, and we both were trying to get the best view of the walrus for our kid, which happened to be this one little spot. And me and this guy shared the spot to show our kids, like. I did a little bit and then we right. switched out and we didn't communicate about it. We just did it. And he had like tattoos on his face and fuck yeah. the world tattooed across his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a lot in common, but we, we didn't even speak. We shared this one little spot. And I yeah. remember, I mean, I, you know, of course I was young. So I wrote a dumb joke about it. I was like, I, he looked at me like all gang bangered up Dodgers hat, white shirt, pressed yeah. dickies. And he was like, fucking walrus huh and, I was like, <laughs> and then he, i was like i was like hey man that's really cool we can hang out like this he's like i know and he's like hey i'll see you in the parking lot i'll stab you outside I was able to. <laughs> but it was it was it's cool that you you find that now listen some people i don't think should ever have fucking kids and i agree with that and but but i would always recommend it if it's something I, you're interested in it is I have it's a couple, awesome and then, i have a couple things i'm reluctant about one my father was my father's a workaholic and he was always he basically like ignored me and my sister for the first 20 years of our lives because he was just uh at work working working we, talked, working we talked about your father your father's a therapist right yeah psychiatrist so psychiatrist. He's, a he's a drug dealer so uh adderall speed whatever you need xanax benzos um so he I, and I love my father, but not to talk shit about it. But but uh, didn't come to my high school graduation. Didn't go to my sister's college graduation, high school graduation. Just wasn't there. You know what I mean? And I am a workaholic. I like he wore off on me, and I would never want to do to my. Kid. I'm obsessed with work, and I would never want to do to my kids what my father did to me, which is prioritize my work over them and be, be all consumed with work and, and end up ignoring them, not even intentionally, but unintentionally, I would feel terrible. Uh, there's that, and there is um, the world is falling apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the world's falling apart, so I'm like, I feel like, I'm like, should I bring kids in? But the other side of it is, it's fulfilling. I think I want to, I don't know, I think I want to know... I never feel like my career is on solid footing. I feel like it was so hard. It took at least, it was like at least a decade of just total poverty in comedy. That, that like, even now that I've had a show for five seasons and I have like somewhat of a career, I still feel like, like at any point, like it's too good to be true. It's going to get taken away from me. 
So because of that, I'm like, I can't have kids because then I won't be able to afford them. What if something happens? Da, 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 da. And it's a little bit of a paranoia, but um, kids are expensive. That's the other thing. So I, 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 I go through it in my head a lot. You I know, think, but then I'm like, I, do I want to be old and alone and not have that experience? Or maybe I can adopt kids or I don't know. I think, I think the, um, that I, I think we both share is an obsession with work. And I, and, and I am the same way where you, you put out a good product. Like, the, like my show, the cabin did pretty well its first week and everyone's calling. They're like, Hey, congratulations, congratulations. And I'm like, I can't accept congratulations. I only see that I can do more to help the show or need to think of another, I need to, uh, what's the next project? What's the next? Like, I just, I, I have that same thing. And I think I inherited it from my dad, but, but me and my dad had it. I I had it. I look at some parents like Bobby Kelly uh, is a great fucking dad. And he had, he had, I, I I will say he had a shit childhood, but he's a great dad. And some guys pivot. Some guys have kids and realize like what you're saying and go, I'm going to be different. I could not relax. When I had kids, I was like, I need to make money. I need to hustle. I need to do the road. I need to get out there. I need to, I need to make sure that they have everything they need. And, and so I think I kind of did what you were talking about, but I had no introspect. I just fucking did it. And I was like, and I, and then you look at some dudes that are some dads, like, I think I'd make a great divorce dad. Like, (laughs) but the fact that you're even thinking about it is, is probably, enough that it'll never that you'd be a great dad you know yeah it's intimidating i'm intimidated by it i know it's possible and i know i can do it and i know i want to be perfect but i know i can do it i, I probably end up doing it but I, I but the thought is very daunting to me it is do you, it sleep, is. Do you sleep on your tour bus can you get sleep on the or oh, you go in a separate car I you sleep, sleep like on a, a dream. Bus? I sleep like a dream. No, not me. I fucking hate it. It's like, every little bump. I'm like, oh, my friend got in a tour bus accident. Had to reuse, relearn how to use his arm. Wait, his who's bus, this? The bus driver was mincemeat. He's not even a, he's, he's a musician. He said the bus driver fucking fell asleep at the wheel in like Vail, Colorado. And oh my, they had God. to like jaws of life him out of like metal shards in his face. His drummer they were all asleep in bed. His drummers fucking had to learn how to walk again. His arm isn't all the way functional again. He's a guitar player. You know what I mean? So I, I hear, I, like, not what I want to hear. I, I have so much anxiety that I, I couldn't sleep on the tour bus. I usually able to do, I can't sleep. So I like the crew will sleep in the tour bus. I'll sleep in the hotel, and me and my assistant will take an SUV to the gig. We're doing like stuff like that sometimes. So wait, how do you how do you enjoy uh, hallucinogens if you have like uh, anxiety? Xanax. You mix it with Xanax. Really? You get a glass of wine. You sprinkle it in a little Xanax, and then you eat mushrooms. Mushrooms don't. Mushrooms actually decrease my anxiety, but acid I need like a Xanax or a Molly. I got to go in one direction or the other. Too. Really? Molly. Molly. The last hit of acid I did, I was like, <laughs> this might be my last one. I might be. I did acid a few weeks ago in the desert with my the guy that directs my show and his girlfriend and my girlfriend. And I was a fucking, I was on Neptune. It was too strong. I was just really? like, this fucking, I, I started off with a panic attack. I ripped my shirt off. I was like, oh, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't fucking breathe. I can't fucking breathe. This is too strong. I'm fucked up. And it's just getting stronger and stronger. I'm like, ah, I'm feeling hot and cold and hot and cold. And I like 
fucking put a, a bunch of Xanax on the coffee table. And I'm like, and I finally like mellowed out into it. But whew, I was fucking nervous. But, but mushrooms, that's the best. I did mushrooms. I went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. My girlfriend, we saw a moose. I was like fucking one with nature. It was fucking cool. You make it sound so attractive. Mushrooms are the best. You never tripped before? No, no, I have. I have. I, I, the last time I ate mushrooms, I was in, this is not as sexy as Jackson Hole with a moose. I was at the Addison Improv. <laughs> I was at the Addison Improv. Jackson Hole of comedies. We got, we got them and, and everyone's like, it's, we're about to do the second show on a Saturday. And I was like, yeah, let's take some mushrooms. I was like, you know what? I'll take mushrooms. Before and, the show? Before the second show. So we're like, we'll take them and maybe they'll kick in on stage and it'll be fun. So we do the second show. We get ready to leave and I see a line outside and they're like, oh, we do three shows on a Saturday. Oh, no. And I and I and I have a little bit of a panic attack and I lose control of my brain. You know, when you're it's it's almost like you're dreaming, but your brain, Mm -hmm. you're not. You keep saying like, hey, man, am I thinking these words or are you thinking these words? Mm -hmm. And I had kids and I thought I had a panic attack and I said, hey, man, I need to um i was like i cannot what i can't fuck my brain up because if my brain pays for these kids and i and what if i fucked my brain up what if i'm useless what if i'm just a vegetable in my house and i won't be able to do anything <laughs> and fucking god bless get billy gardell who i will i will say was not used doing mushrooms that night but he goes buddy we just go over next door to the piano bar and we drink this away and yes. i just went to the piano bar and murdered booze until I could fucking go to sleep. Yes, yes. I would. That, that, that's my advice to anybody that's having a bad trip. Like, drink your anxiety away. Like, either drink or safely, responsibly do a Xanax. Like, I'll do like a, if I'm having a, fu- if I'm tripping too fucking hard, I can fucking drink a cocktail, eat a Xanax, and come back to planet Earth. No, no. Do, has, has the COVID coronavirus thing has that fucked with your anxiety at all? Um, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's more depressing than than um, anxiety provoking. It, it. It. I. I have my tool after like years of therapy. I have all my tools. Like I meditate twice a day. I know I have to exercise. If I don't exercise, I'll get anxiety. I see, you know, I talk to my therapist. I try to do my therapist at least once a week, if not like two or three times a week. Now, are you so grounded? Because cause I remember talking to you about your dad when we were at the airport. And I think your dad was a lot of somewhat of your frustration probably when you were young. But your dad was a therapist and you seem really grounded. Did you take tools from him or your life with him? No, no my dad is not a therapist. He's a psychiatrist. So he, just, I keep messing that up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, no, it's all right. He just prescribes drugs. He doesn't do any, like, tell me about your childhood. And nor did he bring his job home. He's like very, all he wants to talk about is the Miami heat and politics. He just wants to know how the heat are doing, how the heat are playing and like, and politics. Like and he your dad's, your dad's Haitian. Yeah. He's Haitian. So he doesn't want to talk about work. So no, I didn't get it from my dad. And I wasn't grounded in my twenties. I was a mess. It took like crashing and burning in my twenties over and over again and kind of being spun out to like prioritize therapy and, and, and mental health. Breaking up with your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier. Thanks to mint mobile. They are the first company to sell premium wireless service only online. And now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. 
Let that sink in. An unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. How much is your soon-to-be X wireless provider charging you, huh? They sent Halston a, a SIM card to try, and he is loving the unlimited data. Halston said to me the other day, I'm watching so what did you say? I'm watching so many podcasts on YouTube now. Yeah, before it was like draining my data and I was like, I had to pay extra sometimes. And like now I can just watch unlimited podcasts on YouTube and it's not even a big deal. Yeah. For people that hate their phone bill and are ready to cut ties with big wireless, Mint Mobile offers their premium unlimited plan for just 30 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. By the way, that's what everyone seems to be doing that that works with me on these podcasts. They cut out the middleman. Anytime you hear cut out the middleman, you go, okay, these guys are doing it right. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And let me tell you something. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Break up with Big Wireless and switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash BurtCast. That's mintmobile.com slash BurtCast. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to 30 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash birdcast. This podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. With the cooler weather, it makes it easier to miss signs of dehydration, like overheating or perspiration. I know for a fact that sometimes when I work out in my sweatsuit and I do run laps, I don't even realize how much I've sweat because it's so cold, it kind of disappears. Let me start this all over again. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. Cooler weather makes it easier to miss signs of dehydration like overheating or perspiration, which means it's even more important to keep your body properly hydrated. With one stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water, you get two to three times the amount of hydration as a plain water. Who doesn't love that cheat code? Flu season often lines up with your holiday plans, but Liquid IV can help support your immune system and increase hydration and the essential vitamins your body needs. It's perfect for staying hydrated on long flights, road trips in a tour bus. It can even help with hangovers, which I absolutely love because being on tour, there's no better feeling than waking up, grabbing, oh, I just had my liquid IV. Where'd I put it? Grabbing a liquid IV, pouring it in your water, ice cold water, and sipping on it. I'm telling you, man, liquid IV's best-selling hydration multiplier has now three new flavors, guava, watermelon and apple pie. I personally love the guava. I love the guava. And I love the cheat code of getting in front of my hydration. I don't even realize I'm getting dehydrated. I don't realize it. And all of a sudden my back starts hurting and I start getting anxiety. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there going, what's going on with me? I haven't gone to the bathroom in a while. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm dehydrated. That's why I wake up, I grab a guava, I crack it, I pour it into my water and I enjoy it for the entire day. A lot of people might pour some sugary treat in their water. I've heard of Tom Segurian doing that with certain sugary treats. You can throw in your five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange or potassium, as, as, as much potassium as in as a banana. Healthier than the sugary sports drink, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Make, made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. It's absolutely amazing. The optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, potassium, and it delivers water and nutrients directly into the bloodstream. 
the perfect balance to help you keep hydrated and more quickly and effective than just water alone. One stick of liquid IV in a 16-ounce bottle of water can give you as much hydration as three, two or three plain waters. The company, and by the way, by the way, I got to say this, the company's donated over $5 million in their response to COVID-19 products are being donated to hospitals because we all know that hydration can keep you healthy in this craziness we've been going through. First responders, food banks, veterans, active U.S. military, over 3 million servings in total so far. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Walmart in the beverage section or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code BERT at checkout. Do it right now. Get a pack and keep it in your house. Try it out. You're going to love it. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code BERT at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com and use the promo code BERT. You, you're, you, you've, you've always come across so fucking... So not focused, but so level headed every time. And then it's it's funny because I watch your show and you are the exact opposite. You are right. literally a fucking live wire like the <laughs> entire time. It's such a great juxtaposition because another person I absolutely adore, absolutely adore, who's a great guy through and through is Hannibal. I yeah. love I love Hannibal yeah, yeah. so much. It's yeah, ridiculous. He's the best. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. How did you guys? How did how did you guys? Do you guys just run into each other on the scene in New York? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we were fucking broke just doing like chicken shit open my comedy. And I just thought he was so funny right away. And he's like, not like anybody I've ever seen. He's so unique and authentic. I was like, that's my co-host. Like I had the idea for the Eric Andre show since 2006. I started doing comedy in 2003. So and the earliest script, I can dig up the earliest script I wrote, which I just wrote on like Microsoft Word. I didn't know what final draft was or anything. Uh, Hannibal's in it, you know. So, uh, yeah, we were just pounding the pavement at the same time. We're the same age. We moved to New York roughly the same time. I might have got there like six months before him, something like that. What's your sister doing? She works in health and human services for the government. So she's just working from home. She's got two kids. She's just like momming it up. She's trying not to go fucking nuts, like home, have homeschooling her kids. And Is she living in Florida? She lives in uh, Maryland, like outside of D.C. Really? Older or younger? Older. Eight years older. They had my oh, sister. They had my sister. My dad went to med school and they had me. And my mom always goes, you know. You were born exactly nine months after your father graduated medical school. I'm like, all right, mom, got it. You guys had a victory fuck after fucking dad got his like diploma. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to hear that story. I don't want to hear that story. It's gross. I love that your mom was so proud of you and your special, but she had to like put a disclaimer that I don't believe in legalizing. I think that's a great conversation we should have about legalizing drugs, but I do not believe in hallucinogens, nor yeah. do I believe in the use of them. I thought that was so great. That's yeah. so my mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like my mom will watch it. And if I'm naked, she's like, it's okay. I love you anyway. What and are your like, parents? What are your parents like? And what did they think of your comedy? Are uh, they very dad, like conservative or what's their? No, very, very, very. You know, I, I've always been proud of my dad for as liberal as he is from living in Tampa and the group of friends he has are very conservative. We did an episode with Caitlyn Jenner um, on my new show, and my dad was very concerned about my misuse of pronouns. He's like, don't fuck it up. Don't be an asshole. The irony is Caitlyn Jenner 
Trump supporter and ran over somebody with her car. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a lot of irony in that. <laughs> Murderous Trump. But my dad, my dad got a big, a uh, big, a big pushback from the from the LBGTQ community was in love with my dad because he didn't mispronounce like for a guy his age to not misgender Caitlyn Jenner was a big deal. Like a bunch of people were like, was your dad on the, ep- your dad's on the episode. My dad, dad called me on the episode and, and I FaceTimed oh, him with whoa. Caitlyn Jenner and he never misgendered her and, and was very respectful. And, and all the, all the LBGT community was like, love Mr. Kreischer. He's so woke. And, this and, that. Awesome. <laughs> and my dad didn't even know what woke is. My daughter posted a, a, a screen grab of something someone said about my dad yeah. and sent it to my dad and she said, Papa, you're woke. And he goes, I'm wide awake. What do you guys need? <laughs> but uh, my dad's very liberal. My mom. Are your parents still together? Yeah, but I don't know if they should have been. <laughs> oh, really? What they, they, what's your but your what's your dad do? What's your mom do? My dad's a lawyer. My mom was uh, like, a teacher. A school teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just fucking guessed that. <laughs> Every single comedian I know, mother's a school teacher. Dad's either like a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, but, but more more often than that, mom's a school teacher. John Stewart, mom's a school teacher. I think Chappelle, mom's like yeah, very mom's ac- teacher, yeah. academic. Uh, Bill Maher, I think his mom was a school teacher. Every single, I know Jordan Carlos, same thing. Doctor, dad, school teacher, mom. It's people that value education have comedian kids. I think so. My mom was my mom was very. My mom, I think would would have loved to have been a performer, but. It just, that wasn't the cards for women in the sixties, you know? Yeah. And so, but yeah, very, um, very, my dad's never seen me do stand up, never watched any of my stuff. Why? Uh, just makes him uncomfortable. What? Yeah. Just makes no, him uncomfortable. Come on. Really? Really, really, really. Like just That's makes him very, no, no, no. you know, it's so funny. You, you, you just figure your own work around emotionally around stuff like that. You're like, you know what? It gives me the freedom to do whatever I want on stage, not knowing knowing full well that my dad will never see it. So I can say whatever I want. Does you know? he not want to hear curse words or your no, no, no. exploits or not like, you know, what what is it? So I think my dad, if I mean, I, I, I could try to figure it out. But I think I think and I, I, I know this a little bit because it's going on with me and my oldest daughter. I think he's uncomfortable with my personality. I think he's uncomfortable with. With like, you gotta confront him about that. No, 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 no. We got a good relationship. I don't need any fucking closure on this. No, you gotta hold his feet to the flame, dude. Are you kidding me? No, he fucking and bring the and break the cameras out. Break the cameras out and confront him about it. My dad watches my both Eric Andre show and my stand up like this. He's like very like stressed as he watches it. But he just like forces himself through it. He's like, oh, I really don't want to see my son naked. I really don't want to hear him talk about doing drugs. But he just just bites the bullet and he watches it. My dad, my dad was in, I was in Tampa doing uh, Tampa theater. It's like I think. What's I your background? Like, your dad's Jewish? No, no, uh, Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. So you were you were um, communion or whatever it's called. Yep, yep. Went to all boys Catholic high school. Really? Oh yeah, loved it. Ba- greatest experience of my life. Were you an altar boy? Uh, no, never an altar boy. So, did you eat, I, the, did you eat the the communion? skin and blood of Christ? Of course, I loved wow. it. Wow! I did Hail Marys and shit. I dialed. I dialed whatever the fuck Catholic religion does to OCD. I fucking connected with it. Like saying <laughs> prayers. I still, dude. I still have 
my miraculous medals on. No I still say way. prayers. Before I you got fly. the rosaries? Oh, I, I, all of it, all of it. I loved it. I loved oh, it. No. Lose my virginity. Thought I got her pregnant. Church for one month every every Sunday. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, this will fix it. This will fix it. Yeah, my dad. I was in Tam. I was at the Tampa Theater. It was like two thousand people or whatever. And my dad came out on stage and ripped his shirt off. So there's a part of no him. No way. Wait. Like, yeah, Your dad's he, never seen you yet. He came to a show and ripped his shirt off. He could not listen to me. They, he, he sat in the green room and he was like, I'm going to do it. It'll be funny. It'll, it'll get a big kick. So my dad's a little bit part of a ham, ran out, took his shirt off, ripped no it off. Way. And then, and then said hi to everyone and then went and drove home. How did the shirt taking off? That's fucking incredible. By the way, that's yeah, I, by the way, I feel like, I feel like that is, how did the shirt off start? Just being on the road, being like bored and a little depressed that, you know, that you're like in Columbus for seven shows and yeah. <laughs> and there's no one in the crowd and you're like, and you miss your family and you feel like you're not going anywhere. And you're like, <clears throat> for me, it was a way to like get dialed into what the point of comedy was. And that was to be yeah. silly and have fun. And so I used to rip my shirt off and kill a beer. Right. And then. And then everyone would, and then I would just giggle to myself. I'll play a good song to get on stage too. And yeah. I'd get in a good mood. And then I immediately, I just, it was a mind changer and I'd, I'd have a great time. And then one night I was in Columbus, oddly enough, and I ripped my shirt off and I, I put it on the mic stand and I got something organic happened in the room. And I did like 15 minutes with my shirt off. And then I went to put it back on. And this woman in the back row goes, keep it off. And, like, <laughs> and so I did my show with my shirt off and someone I really respected was, is in the, was in the room and was like, I got to be honest with you. I couldn't have done 15 minutes with my shirt off. You did an hour with your shirt off. That was impressive. And I was like, really? He goes, well, you guys, I, he goes, your material is so good. I forgot that your shirt was off. Like I was listening <laughs> to the stories and I was like, you know what? I thought it was like the greatest compliment. And then I just started taking my shirt off, just taking it off and doing it all the time. And then it became, and then it came to a place where I, I was really uncomfortable with the shirt on. Like I'd wear a shirt and I start sweating. Like you'd see me sweat. And then I was like, fuck. And then I did the Showtime special and they did not want me to do my shirt off. They were like, keep it on. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I can't do it with it on. And so I did it with it off and they were right. No one watched it. People changed the channel immediately. <laughs> they were like, this fucking is horrible. This is not what I signed up for. But that machine story went viral and my shirt was off. And so people connected the two. It was like almost like it was almost like uh, like Judah Friedlander has his hat, you know, or someone like, or yeah. like Steve Bourne, Bourne wore a suit all the time. And right. all of a sudden you go, oh, it's the guy in the suit. And so <laughs> I remember right after that, I was at you a were, bar. It was like an identifying. It was know. very identifiable. And it was like, oh, the guy with the shirt off. Oh, the guy with like, like, yeah. they were, like uh, I remember being at a bar one time and I was, I was next to a black dude and a chick came up next to me and like older black dude, right? Older black dude. And a chick came up next to me and the, she said to me, I know you, she was really attractive. And I was like, no, you don't know me. And she goes, no, I do. I do. Did we go to school together? And I go, no, I said, I'm a comedian. She goes, no. And I said, no, I, I don't know what to tell you. And she goes, I, how do I know you? I was like, I can't tell you. And then she goes, oh, you're the guy with his shirt off. And the older black guy goes, oh, you're the kid that robbed the train in Russia. And I went, yeah. He goes, I watched that video. That's you? And I was like, yeah. He goes, let me see your belly. And I showed him my belly. He goes, oh, that is you. Shit. <laughs> and so it was. And then, and then all of a sudden, it was like marketing. It seemed like it, you know, and now I'm in fucking Chicago this week at 25 degree weather 
trying to figure out space heaters so I could take my shirt off in a fucking drive-in. Don't do that. You're going to kill yourself. I get sick on tour like five times. I know. I get sick over and over and over again when I'm on tour because you're just, your adrenaline, you're sweating. You put it all out there. You are, you are, I mean, your, your show, your special was so fucking great. Thanks, but you don't man. leave any meat on the bone. You fucking ba- rip that bone. Dry. I used to do. I used to do those like three <laughs> shows on a Saturday night, and by the third show, my voice was like this, and the audience was pissed yeah. because I couldn't. I couldn't give my. I had to tell my agent. I go anytime there's a weekend and I have to do more than one show a night. I can't do it anymore because I'm like all or nothing, and I have to sell the jokes with insanity. And I was losing my voice so often that I was like, I can't do those. I can't even do a second show, let alone a third show. No more American comedy club, San Diego, fucking 15 shows in a night. I can't do it. I go, I'll like, just put me like, whatever the town is, find the venue where you think I can sell the most tickets. I'm doing one show and then I'm taking a cold shower and going to bed because I'm fucking exhausted after one set. I'm toast. I'm not. Tignataro. I'm not like mellow and like <laughs> an handball. I'm not like, I'm not like Mitch Hedberg. I'm like, I'm like, you know, the old oh, yeah. warrior out there. Like, <laughs> I want to tell you about cushy dreams. I have just become a huge CBD guy, a huge CBD guy. I, we've been using it on the bus to relax at the end of the night and sleep well. And cushy dreams offers a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. They specialize in extraordinary CBD-rich hemp flower, aka bud, and pre-rolled CBD joints. They smell like weed. They taste like weed. I, my, my friend, I, well, my, my friend Sandy literally stole all my cushy uh, dreams. And we, ha- we had dinner at her house one night, and we each smoked a full one ourselves. It smelled beautiful. It tasted amazing. And let me tell you something. I slept like a dream. It tastes exactly like high quality weed. Flavor, favorite blends. And when you smoke them, you, I mean, you get great, great, great results. I felt anxious free and I went to sleep like a baby. Enjoy all the benefits of CBD without getting high. It's literally under 0.3% THC. It's, it's cannabis that ships directly to you and it's legal in all 50 states. I got some shipped to me in Macon, Georgia, when I was doing the Go Big show, and I was smoking it there, brought it home, flew with it. No one said a word. Said a word. Join the men and women who are sick of vaping and gummies. You don't want those calories. They just want to smoke their CBD. Cushy dreams, smoke your CBD. I mean, literally, like I said, 100% hand-trimmed, never machine-trimmed. They take an artisanal approach to it, and then... And every run is a small batch, independent labs testing to show compliance and purity. And each batch is cured for two to four weeks to guarantee maximum freshness and preserve flavor and cannabinoids, 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 you know what I'm saying. Grown in the U.S. Literally, you crack it and you smell it. I traded one for one of Snoop's blunts. He wanted to try one out and he loved it. I think he loved it. I don't want to speak for Snoop, but he traded me a freaking... $70 blunt for one of my cushy dreams. Cushy dreams has CBD flower in pre-roll joints. They come in specific indica and sativa blends like energy, hustle, relax, and dream. I like relax and I like dream. And by the way, I don't like indicas, but I love the CBD indicas. Go to cushydreams.com. That's K-U-S-H-Y 
dreams.com. Get some high quality CBD bud. And if you use the promo code BERT at checkout, you get 20% off of every order. Smoke your CBD. Cushydreams.com. Where did you shoot uh, your special? When or where? Where? Uh, New Orleans. Oh, wait, what, what theater? Was that the Joy Theater? No, it was a theater that never, it was only used for music and raves. It was called Republic. Really? So they never did comedy there. Oh, it was a beautiful had, theater, man. It was yeah, a beautiful had a cool theater. look. And I knew, and because they never had a comedy show there, I was like, nobody has done this for their special yet. Like we picked one spot, one spot we were looking at earlier in a different town. Uh, it was like such a cool look. And I think Kinane did a special there and we we're like, oh, fuck. And it would like look, it was like, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I wanted to have our, my, my, you know, my own unique venue. So that was a, that was a great find. And New Orleans was the only city besides Las Vegas that we skipped on tour because New Orleans and Las Vegas are kind of hard towns to sell for a guy like me. Like New Orleans, you're competing with a lot of entertainment. Like if I was Kevin Hart, yeah, I'll do Vegas. But like uh, you're competing with a lot of entertainment and those are like big cities that you think they'd be an obvious stop on tour, but we, my agent decided against it. So, so, no. but because of that, I did like, you know, fucking a million cities last year. And then uh, as we were like, we wanted to film the, the, the special at the end of the tour, I was like, Oh, New Orleans is perfect. We'll do a small venue. And like, it was perfect. Yeah. New, New Orleans is a tough comedy town because there's no clubs there. So they're not trained to go search out comedy either. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get you out of here, but I'm going to talk real quick about um, about what what you want to do in the future. Because I know a guy like you kind of probably has ideas of like where they see themselves. And I always believe in putting it in the universe because I know that, you know, I know that like all the people that I've worked with listen to this podcast. So I'm always curious. What do you like? Where, what do you where do you see yourself in five years and in 10 years? Uh, I'm of two minds. I get a little superstitious talking about. I don't like talking about something until it's happening, but I would say my answer would be I'm doing a lot more animation now more than ever. I want to get more into the animation space. I want to keep my show going. I want to do my show until the, the wheels fall off or, or adults don't get sick of me. And I want to, you know, I just did this narrative hitting camera prank movie, Bad Trip, that's going to be out on Netflix next year. It's supposed to come out this year, but COVID happened. Uh, so I want to do more i'd love to do more of that but i'd also like to just seek out directors that i love and like do weird fucking like wait when did the fuck did they make this movie kind of shit like yeah shit where people did not see it coming at all and uh that's as that's as like close as i can get to an answer without getting superstitious like i i get like I'm so superstitious, man. It's yeah, so fucking too. crazy. I'm not religious at all, but if I see a black cat or a ladder, I'm like, ah, oh, don't bro. break a mirror. Like, it's I've like, been lifting my feet yeah. above railroad tracks in the car since I was 11 years old. It's a, it, it's obsessive compulsive like thought, right? Isn't oh, it OCD? Yeah. Oh. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, it's OCD. It's like if see? I don't fucking tap this toaster five times, oh, my whole family will don't die. Don't get me started. Do it's not like get me started. Shit. I, I, I like I like have to fucking when I'm like really nervous for like filming something uh, you should see me in the bathroom i'm like doing a rain dance i look fucking insane like tapping fucking things and like walking out of a door and back through a door over and over again i'm, I'm like rain man do you see yourself doing any serious movies serious acting i would if i like the director and i like the script i want to do it just to do it 
it would yeah. have to be like a badass um director that i really like what's uh what's your next hairstyle I want to grow because I got bald for season five of Eric Andre's show. I want to grow this out big fucking Afro Brazilian blowout, like huge, like, like earth, wind and fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I think that's it. I think you got great hair, man. I wish I had your hair. I'm jealous. You do. You, you do. Yeah. I got, I got, well, I got aging white man trying to hold it together hair. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I know a guy. I got I got a couple guys for you. I can bring that. I can bring that shit back. I, I got wish. a guy. I wish. I can I make wish. that hairline moonwalk forward again. <laughs> I would love that. Well, listen, man. <laughs> I know you I know you got a heart out at four o'clock. I want to respect that. I absolutely love you, man. I think you are love you too, buddy. The greatest. I I, I support Thank everything you. you do. And when when we get uh we're building a podcast studio in, in LA. And when we get done with it, I would love when COVID kind of calms down, I'd love to have you over for a cocktail and a podcast, man. Yeah, for sure. I would love to do that. That sounds maybe awesome. Maybe we'll get you and uh, Hannibal sober, but maybe we'll get maybe we'll get me, you and Moshe Kasher or something sober too. Everyone's fucking sober, Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make, we'll make a, a, a fucking Moshe Capri Sun or something. Ocean <laughs> <spray>. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, continued success, brother. Thank you for doing this. Thanks, man. Good to and, see you. And, love you, buddy. Awesome. Love you too, man. Stay Thank safe. You. Talk to you soon. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.